Section five of Beacon Lights of History, Volume One: The Old Pagan Civilizations. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by K. Hand. Beacon Lights of History, Volume One: The Old Pagan Civilizations by John Lord. Religion of the Greeks and Romans, Part One. Classic Mythology. Religion among the lively and imaginative Greeks took a different form from that of the Aryan race in India or Persia. However, the ideas of their divinities originated in their relations to the thought and life of the people. Their gods were neither abstractions nor symbols. They were simply men and women, immortal, yet having a beginning, with passions and appetites like ordinary mortals. They love, they hate, they eat, they drink, they have adventures and misfortunes like men only differing from men in the superiority of their gifts in their miraculous endowments in their stupendous feats in their more than gigantic size in their supernal beauty in their intensified pleasures it was not their aim to raise mortals to the skies but to enjoy themselves in feasting and love-making not even to govern the world but to protect their particular worshippers taking part and interest in human quarrels without reference to justice or right and without communicating any great truths for the guidance of mankind the religion of greece consisted of a series of myths creations for the most part of the poets and therefore properly called a mythology yet in some respects the gods of greece resembled those of phoenicia and egypt being the powers of nature and named after the sun moon and planets their priests did not form a sacerdotal caste as in india and egypt they were more like officers of the state to perform certain functions or duties pertaining to rites ceremonies and sacrifices they taught no moral or spiritual truths to the people nor were they held in extraordinary reverence they were not ascetics or enthusiasts among them were no great reformers or prophets as among the sacerdotal class of the jews or the hindus they had even no sacred books and claimed no esoteric knowledge nor was their office hereditary they were appointed by the rulers of the state or elected by the people themselves they imposed no restraints on the conscience and apparently cared little for morals leaving the people to an unbounded freedom to act and think for themselves so far as they did not interfere with prescribed usages and laws the real objects of greek worship were beauty grace and heroic strength the people worshipped no supreme creator no providential governor no ultimate judge of human actions they had no aspirations for heaven and no fear of hell they did not feel accountable for their deeds or thoughts or words to an irresistible power working for righteousness or truth they had no religious sense apart from wonder or admiration of the glories of nature or the good or evil which might result from the favor or hatred of the divinities they accepted these divinities moreover were not manifestations of supreme power and intelligence but were creations of the fancy as they came from popular legends or the brains of poets or the hands of artists or the speculations of philosophers and as everything in greece was beautiful and radiant the sea the sky the mountains and the valleys so was religion cheerful seen in all the festivals which took the place of the sabbaths and holy days of more spiritually minded peoples the worshippers of the gods danced and played and sported to the sounds of musical instruments and revelled in joyous libations in feasts and imposing processions in whatever would amuse the mind or intoxicate the senses the gods were rather unseen companions in pleasures in sports in athletic contests and warlike enterprises than beings to be adored for moral excellence or supernal knowledge 
heaven was so near at hand that their own heroes climbed to it and became demigods every grove every fountain every river every beautiful spot had its presiding deity while every wonder of nature the sun the moon the stars the tempest the thunder the lightning was impersonated as an awful power for good or evil to them temples were erected within which were their shrines and images in human shape glistening with golden gems and wrought in every form of grace or strength or beauty and by artists of marvelous excellence this polytheism of greece was exceedingly complicated but was not so degrading as that of egypt since the gods were not represented by the forms of hideous animals and the worship of them was not attended by revolting ceremonies and yet it was divested of all spiritual aspirations and had but little effect on personal struggles for truth or holiness it was human and worldly not lofty or even reverential except among the few who had deep religious wants one of its characteristic features was the acknowledged impotence of the gods to secure future happiness in fact the future was generally ignored and even immortality was but a dream of philosophers men lived not in view of future rewards and punishments or future existence at all but for the enjoyment of the present and the gods themselves set the example of an immoral life even zeus the father of gods and men to whom absolute supremacy was ascribed the work of creation and all majesty and serenity took but little interest in human affairs and lived on olympian heights like a sovereign surrounded with the instruments of his will freely indulging in those pleasures which all lofty moral codes have forbidden and taking part in the quarrels jealousies and enmities of his divine associates greek mythology had its source in the legends of a remote antiquity probably among the pelasgians the early inhabitants of greece which they brought with them in their migration from their original settlement or perhaps from egypt and phoenicia herodotus and he is not often wrong ascribes a great part of the mythology which the greek poets elaborated to a phoenician or egyptian source the legends have also some similarity to the poetic creations of the ancient persians who delighted in fairies and genii and extravagant exploits like the labors of hercules the faults and foibles of deified mortals were transmitted to posterity and incorporated with the attributes of the supreme divinity and hence the mixture of the mighty and the mean which marks the characters of the iliad and the odyssey the greeks adopted oriental fables and accommodated them to those heroes who figured in their own country in the earliest times the labors of hercules originated in egypt and relate to the annual progress of the sun in the zodiac the rape of proserpine the wanderings of Ceres, the eleusian mysteries and the orgies of bacchus were all imported from egypt or phoenicia while the wars between the gods and the giants were celebrated in the romantic annals of persia the oracle of dodona was copied from that of ammon in thebes and the oracle of apollo at delphos has a similar source behind the oriental legends which form the basis of grecian mythology there was in all probability in those ancient times before the pelasgians were known as ionians and the hellenes as dorians a mystical and indefinite idea of supreme power as among the persians the hindus and the esoteric priests of egypt in all the ancient religions the farther back we go the purer and loftier do we find the popular religion belief in supreme deity underlies all the eastern theogenies which belief however was soon perverted or lost sight of there is great difference of opinion among philosophers as to the origin of myths whether they began in fable and came to be regarded as history or began as human history and were poetized into fable 
my belief is that in the earliest ages of the world there were no mythologies fables were the creations of those who sought to amuse or control the people who have ever delighted in the marvelous as the magnificent the vast the sublime which was seen in nature impressed itself on the imagination of the orientals and ended in legends so did allegory in process of time multiply fictions and fables to an indefinite extent and what were symbols among eastern nations became impersonations in the poetry of greece grecian mythology was a vast system of impersonated forces beginning with the legends of heroes and ending with the personification of the faculties of the mind in the manifestations of nature in deities who presided over festivals cities groves and mountains with all the infirmities of human nature and without calling out exalted sentiments of love or reverence they are all creations of the imagination invested with human traits and adapted to the genius of the people who were far from being religious in the sense that the hindus and egyptians were it was the natural and not the supernatural that filled their souls it was art they worshipped and not the god who created the heavens and the earth and who exacts of his creatures obedience and faith in regard to the gods and goddesses of the grecian pantheon we observe that most of them were immoral at least they had the usual infirmities of men they are thus represented by the poets probably to please the people who like all other peoples had to make their own conceptions of god for even a miraculous revelation of deity must be interpreted by those who receive it according to their own understanding of the qualities revealed the ancient romans themselves stern earnest practical had an almost oriental reverence for their gods so that their jupiter father of heaven was a majestic powerful all-seeing severely just national deity regarded by them much as the jehovah of the hebrews was by that nation when in later times the conquest of eastern countries and of macedon and greece brought in luxury works of art foreign literature and all the delightful but enervating influences of aestheticism the romans became corrupted and gradually began to identify their own more noble deities with the beautiful but unprincipled self-indulgent and tricky set of gods and goddesses of the greek mythology the greek zeus with whom were associated majesty and dominion and who reigned supreme in the celestial hierarchy who as the chief god of the skies the god of storms ruler of the atmosphere was the favorite deity of the aryan race the indra of the hindus the jupiter of the romans was in his grecian presentment a rebellious son a faithless husband and sometimes an unkind father his character was a combination of weakness and strength anything but a pattern to be imitated or even to be reverenced he was the impersonation of power and dignity represented by the poets as having such immense strength that if he had hold of one end of a chain and all the gods held the other with the earth fastened to it he would be able to move them all poseidon roman neptune the brother of zeus was represented as the god of the ocean and was worshipped chiefly in the maritime states his morality was no higher than that of zeus moreover he was rough boisterous and vindictive he was hostile to troy and yet persecuted ulysses apollo the next great personage of the olympian divinities was more respectable morally than his father he was the sun-god of the greeks and was the embodiment of divine prescience of healing skill of musical and poetical productiveness and hence the favorite of the poets he had a form of ideal beauty grace and vigor inspired by unerring wisdom and insight into futurity he was obedient to the will of zeus to whom he was not much inferior in power temples were erected to this favorite deity in every part of greece and he was supposed to deliver oracular responses in several cities especially at delphos
hephaestus roman vulcan the god of fire was a sort of jester at the olympian court and provoked perpetual laughter from his awkwardness and lameness he forged the thunderbolts for zeus and was the armorer of heaven it accorded with the grim humor of the poets to make this clumsy blacksmith the husband of aphrodite the queen of beauty and love ares roman mars the god of war was represented as cruel lawless and greedy of blood and as occupying a subordinate position receiving orders from apollo and athene hermes roman mercury was the impersonation of commercial dealings and of course was full of tricks and thievery the olympian man of business industrious inventive untruthful and dishonest he was also the god of eloquence besides these six great male divinities there were six goddesses the most important of whom was hera roman juno wife of zeus and hence the queen of heaven she exercised her husband's prerogatives and thundered and shook olympus but she was proud vindictive jealous unscrupulous and cruel a poor model for women to imitate the greek poets however had a poor opinion of the female sex and hence represent this deity without those elements of character which we most admire in a woman gentleness softness tenderness and patience she scolded her august husband so perpetually that he gave way to complaints before the assembled deities and that too with a bitterness hardly to be reconciled with our notions of dignity the roman juno before the identification of the two goddesses was a nobler character being the queen of heaven the protectress of virgins and of matrons and was also the celestial housewife of the nation watching over its revenues and its expenses she was the especial goddess of chastity and loose women were forbidden to touch her altars athene roman minerva however the goddess of wisdom had a character without a flaw and ranked with apollo in wisdom she even expostulated with zeus himself when he was wrong but on the other hand she had a few attractive feminine qualities and no amiable weaknesses artemis roman diana was a shadowy divinity a pale reflection of her brother apollo she presided over the pleasures of the chase in which the greeks delighted a masculine female who took but little interest in anything intellectual aphrodite roman venus was the impersonation of all that was weak and erring in the nature of woman the goddess of sensual desire of mere physical beauty silly childish and vain utterly odious in a moral point of view and mentally contemptible this goddess was represented as exerting a great influence even when despised fascinating yet revolting admired and yet corrupting she was not of much importance among the romans who were far from being sentimental or passionate until the growth of the legend of their trojan origin then as mother of aeneas their progenitor she took a high rank and the greek poets furnished her character hestia roman vesta presided over the private hearths and homesteads of the greeks and imparted to them a sacred character her personality was vague but she represented the purity which among both greeks and romans is attached to home and domestic life demeter roman ceres represented mother earth and thus was closely associated with agriculture and all operations of tillage and bread making as agriculture is the primitive and most important of all human vocations this deity presided over civilization and law-giving and occupied an important position in the eleusian mysteries these were the twelve olympian divinities or greater gods but they represent only a small part of the grecian pantheon there was dionysus roman bacchus the god of drunkenness 
this deity presided over vineyards and his worship was attended with disgraceful orgies with wild dances noisy revels exciting music and frenzied demonstrations leto roman latona another wife of zeus and mother of apollo and diana was a very different personage from hera being the impersonation of all those womanly qualities which are valued in a woman silent unobtrusive condescending chaste kindly ready to help and tend in subordinating herself to her children persephone roman proserpina was the queen of the dead ruling the infernal realm even more distinctly than her husband pluto severely pure as she was awful and terrible but there were no temples erected to her as the greeks did not trouble themselves much about the future state the minor deities of the greeks were innumerable and were identified with every separate thing which occupied their thoughts with mountains rivers capes towns fountains rocks with domestic animals with monsters of the deep with demons and departed heroes with water nymphs and wood nymphs with the qualities of mind and attributes of the body with sleep and death old age and pain strife and victory with hunger grief ridicule wisdom deceit grace with night and day the hours the thunder the rainbow in short all the wonders of nature all the affections of the soul and all the qualities of the mind everything they saw everything they talked about everything they felt all these wonders and sentiments they impersonated and these impersonations were supposed to preside over the things they represented and to a certain extent were worshipped if a man wished the winds to be propitious he prayed to zeus if he wished to be prospered in his bargains he invoked hermes if he wished to be successful in war he prayed to ares he never prayed to a supreme and eternal deity but to some special manifestation of deity fancied or real and hence his religion was essentially pantheistic though outwardly polytheistic the divinities whom he invoked he celebrated with rites corresponding with those traits which they represented thus aphrodite was celebrated with lascivious dances and dionysus with drunken revels each deity represented the grecian ideal of majesty or grace or beauty or strength or virtue or wisdom or madness or folly the character of hera was what the poets supposed should be the attributes of the queen of heaven that of leto what should distinguish a disinterested housewife that of hestia what should mark the guardian of the fireside that of demeter what should show supreme benevolence and thrift that of athene what would naturally be associated with wisdom and that of aphrodite what would be expected from a sensual beauty in the main zeus was serene majestic and benignant as became the king of the gods although he was occasionally faithless to his wife poseidon was boisterous as became the monarch of the seas apollo was a devoted son and a bright companion which one would expect in a gifted poet and wise prophet beautiful and graceful as a sun-god should be hephaestus the god of fire and smiths showed naturally the awkwardness to which manual labor leads ares was cruel and bloodthirsty as a god of war should be hermes as the god of trade and business which would of course be sharp and tricky and dionysus the father of the vine would naturally become noisy and rollicking in his intoxication thus whatever defects are associated with the principal deities these are all natural and consistent with the characters they represent or the duties and business in which they engage drunkenness is not associated with zeus nor unchastity with hera or athene the poets make each deity consistent with himself and in harmony with the interests he represents hence the mythology of the poets is elaborate and interesting who has not devoured the classical dictionary before he has had to learn to scan the lines of homer or of virgil 
as varied and romantic as the arabian nights it shines in the beauty of nature in the grecian creation of gods and goddesses there is no insult to the understanding because these creations are in harmony with nature are consistent with humanity there is no hatred and no love no jealousy and no fear which has not a natural cause the poets proved themselves to be great artists in the very characters they gave to their divinities they did not aim to excite reverence or to stimulate to duty or point out the higher life but to amuse a worldly pleasure-seeking good-natured joyous art-loving poetic people who lived in the present and for themselves alone end of section five